0: Welcome, community group leaders, back to the Deeper Podcast. My name is Jeremy Wynn and I'm hosting and here again this week. And we're joined by Brian Trias for the second time this series. Welcome, Brian. Glad you're here. Glad to be here. So... Brian, one of the things that people either will hear or have heard is that one of the things of your idols is sports. Oh, yes. But the another thing that you didn't talk about, though, is that you went to Baylor University. So, <laughs> And your, the, your alma mater are the national champions. How does that make you feel? Like if KU won my alma mater, I'd be thrilled right now. How are you feeling about this?
1: Oh, wow. This is a setup. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not particularly thrilled. Um, uh, I grew up a fan of the University of Texas. Followed a uh, a girl to Baylor, which I would not recommend anybody <laughs> else do, but it worked out. She's my wife. Um, but I, I've always been a Texas fan, and then some of the stuff that happened with Baylor sports in the 2010s um, l- confirmed that I don't root for Baylor. So, not quite I'm with happy, their code of conduct. I'm happy with. I'm happy for my friends.
0: Okay, my good. friends are
1: happy. I'm happy for them.
0: And you're happy for Texas' new basketball coach.
1: Yeah, I think he would be good. Yeah. I They're think... getting transfers left and right.
0: So. Yeah, it's a nuts year for transfers. So, well, anyway, Brian, what passage and big idea are we going over today?
1: Okay, so our, our big idea is honestly just First John 5.11. Uh, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. And so um, if if you walk away with nothing else in this passage, uh, I will want us to understand that the scriptures point to who Jesus is, and we can trust it. And it is only through believing that Jesus is the Son of God that we have eternal life and we have life, and then we get to live in that life starting now.
0: Great. Well, I look forward to digging into the passage a little deeper. But uh, before we do that, I want to give an update on a story that we talked about last week. I know you weren't here, but uh, we had one of our community groups, Amy Fuel and her community group, they made a bunch of these bags uh, with different supplies and things for homeless. And this last week, uh, Carol Denton told me she went with uh, a team for the rescue mission. They went to some of these different homeless camps and they actually handed them out to everybody. And Carol knew that these bags were the one that Amy's Group made because one, it said Amy Fuel- Fuel's signature, but two, it had different passages of scripture and different things. Absolutely. And Carol said that it was just an incredible blessing that the people were so thankful and appreciative of receiving the bags and also just being able to to build relationship and stories. They're able to hand them out. So great conclusion to our one of our community groups choosing to serve and love their neighbor well. Yeah, so we want to great. celebrate that for sure.
1: So and, and celebration is something that I think we we always say. This is something we should do, and I don't know how often people, especially with our personality types, take of going. Um, hey, let's stop and celebrate! And so this is awesome. And I listen to the podcast every week, so I heard the story last week. Okay, and great. I, great to hear the uh, the uh, the conclusion. So, yeah. way to go, Amy. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Brian, can you read the passage for us? I can. It says this is he who came by water and
1: blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life.
0: All right, great. Okay, so where we're going to start is verses 6 through 8, which, as you mentioned in your sermon, uh, if you are kind of eavesdropping, catching part of it, it could be very confusing. So what you talked about was that the most likely explanation is that the water refers to Jesus' baptism, the blood refers to Jesus' death on the cross, and both of those are very external, visible things that the audience would have been able to um, – maybe not necessarily seen, but I've heard of John, who's able to see those in person, and then the Spirit, which is an internal uh, that uh, testifies that Jesus was God's Son and that Jesus came to earth. So my, my first question is within this as John was talking and sharing this, I know we might not know exactly what he was meaning and trying to say, but what do you think, based on your study, was the, the things that he was trying to address with this? So I know there was the Gnostics and just other false teaching and stuff. Was there something specific that maybe this audience was wrestling with that he was giving this testimony to of saying, hey, here's these three things? So um, people struggled with what to do with Jesus
1: and – it, it, this isn't just a struggle that was limited to the first century. Pe- people have continually struggled of of what mm-hmm. do you do with Jesus? Um, there's a book that that's written that says um, Evidence demand a verdict that Jesus was either um, a, a liar. He was either crazy or he mm-hmm. is the son of God And so is, if Jesus is the son of God and everything he says is true that's that's the linchpin of, of our faith and so the these heresies that are in the first century that John is referring to is people trying to get their brains around could God become man Mm -hmm. and the the story of the incarnation is just something that is it really takes faith to believe and so what John is saying is Jesus was born fully God fully man He is who he says he was he didn't become god at his baptism he didn't cease to be god when he died on the cross and that these were events that authenticated that he was who he said he was and not things that we needed to be ignored or make up stories around to try to have it fit what's going on and then that spirit the spirit is involved physically Right, the, the spirit is is seen at the baptism of Jesus coming down and, and, and resting on and pointing to Jesus as the Son of God. But like you said, he also has that internal work that he is doing, testifying in our lives that we can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God.
0: And along with that, um, I think it's interesting the the number three. So three often is a very um, uh, the number of perfection. We see um, Mm -hmm. that used several times, but in this case, also you know in Old Testament law, you had to have two or three witnesses to testify that something was true. So I think it's also important of how John intentionally has three that he witnessed that were there that can speak to this. But as you read other explanations for. The water, the blood, and the spirit was there any other ones that you think okay, this was interesting, could have been plausible, and maybe you just chose not to talk about
1: uh, there were three main ones, and the the first one, and I, I think i 'm going to mention these in the sermon, or I did mention them in the sermon of um, it being the water and blood that flowed from Jesus' side. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely like a detail that the Gospels give us as, as evidence that he was truly dead, as, mm-hmm. as you kind of shared with me. I just – I don't understand in the context of this, of it being a uh, – how is it if water and blood, if you're talking about one – Issue, And so mm-hmm. I think water and blood is compelling that that happened to Jesus. I just don't think it makes sense in this context. Uh, the other and one of the most commonly held ones throughout even some Christian history is that it's the, the baptism in the Lord's Supper. And those have always been like ele- elevated like sacraments or religious rites. And I know those aren't words that we, we use a ton, but like throughout the history of the church, like these were very important things. They're, they're very reverent and they're serious. And they were one of the ways that you experience God. And that when when you go under the water, even, even now at fellowship, we say you were once dead in your trespasses and sins, but now you've been made alive to God through Jesus Christ. It is an identification. It's a very important thing. But in the context of how Jesus came to us, that's one of the ways we relate to him. I don't think baptism and the Lord's Supper explain what John is trying to explain about the person of Jesus. And so as we talk about the person of Jesus, I think the only way that water and blood can make sense is with his baptism and with his death. Great.
0: Anything else on verses 6 through 8 you'd like to talk about before we move on to... No, someone.
1: I I just think that like you said about the don't listen to something unless there's there's two or three witnesses. I think he's very intentionally having three witnesses, and you you can think of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as three, and and they're definitely all, all mentioned in here. But for John, this is an open and shut case. It is it is slam dunk. He has star witnesses, and they've delivered exactly what is needed
0: great now let's go on to verses 9 through 11 so there's a word the word testimony is used mm-hmm. ticks six times in verses 9 through 11 so what what is john really wanting us to understand and when he uses the comparison of the testimony of man versus the compared to the testimony of God. And, and why does he use this word six times in just two verses?
1: Well, I mean, testimony is, is, is bearing witness. It's telling what you know to be true. And you have, a, you have a conviction about it that you understand it deeply and you're willing to go out there and share it. And so this is not something that is being held back. This is not something that is secret. That is something that is out there in the open. And so he does use the testimony of men. And John kind of weighs the testimony of man and says the testimony of God is far greater. Yeah. And we do believe in the testimony of men. When we cite arguments, when when, when you and I are having an argument about um, a better basketball teams or, or whatever, we, we, we cite authors or we cite all of the sources that we want to say, this helps my argument. So John's saying, if you're willing to believe this over here about – what men have to say, the testimony of God is far superior to that, and we should hold on to it. And it is this courtroom-like evidence that he is saying, we have this testimony, the testimony concerning his son. It is out there for us to see, and we have to make a decision on it.
0: Great. Okay. I'm going to go then just final on this, the examined part in verse 12. It says, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So your, your big idea is God has given us eternal life. This is in his son. So that is definitely the, the shout and the main thing. I just want to ask a little bit about when it talks about um, having life. So As believers, obviously, we are able to have a relationship with God and we're able to spend eternity with Him in heaven. We're going to get new bodies. We're not going to have pain, suffering, all those things in heaven. That's great. But what are the promises that we see in this passage or maybe even other places in Scripture of – for those that put their trust and hope in Jesus, what is the the benefits that we get in this life? And it, it very often is not going to be the things of the world because things of the world is passing away. So Absolutely. what is kind of that fullness of having a full life in Christ?
1: That's a great question. Um,
0: and Jesus said in John 10,
1: I, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. Yeah. And so um, I think so often we have this scarcity mindset or this mindset that we are completely missing out. And there's other things that we need to strive for. And there's other things that we need to go toward. But Paul tells us in Ephesians that we have in Christ every spiritual blessing that there is to have. And so when we have Jesus, yes, we're going to have the eternal life. Yes, we are going to go to a place without any sickness, without any pain, without any disease, without any death. Like I... I can't wait to go there. But we have the first fruits of that now, having the Spirit. We have that relationship with Christ now, and we know that our eternal future is secure. And so we can now live that life that we're going to live forever. We can begin to live that now because we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. It says that we have everything that we need to live a life of godliness now everything we need for life and this we already have and so when it says that he has given us this life and this life is in his son we know that the only way to god is jesus christ that we have eternal life but we can take advantage of that life with jesus now and we can choose to live for him and to do that we've got to we've got to clear away all the things that are competition yeah
0: Great. Okay. Well, I'm going to move on to some application questions. So I've got, I've got two questions that I want uh, groups to um, discuss and wrestle with. And the first one is this. Where are you believing the testimony of man over the testimony of God? Okay. So this is going to be going to you know, verses 9 through 11. And I'll, I'll read the question one more time. Where are you believing the testimony of man over the testimony of God?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Jeremy. I um, I hope that I can say with a straight face that in terms of my eternal salvation, that I am not believing the testimony of, of man instead of the testimony of God, that salvation is through Christ alone, and, and I believe that. But in that life that I'm living now, I, I think that there are definitely fears that creep in. There are definitely um, competition that creeps in. And so you can believe the lie or I can believe the lie that I'm not measuring up, that I need to keep up, that I need to have certain things or that I need to do certain things. And I think to answer specifically, um, uh, we've all lived through the last year. The last year has been crazy. It's been crazy with the virus. It's been crazy with politics. It's been crazy with culture. And everyone is kind of gearing up for a culture war. And mm-hmm. and unless you say this or unless you do this and we've got to stand up and defend this and we've got to we've got to do all these things. And I think sometimes I fear for like the future of the church mm-hmm. and I fear of what's going to happen if so-and-so gets elected or what's going to happen if such and such a law passes mm-hmm. or what's going to happen if this thing is allowed. and. And there is so much right now that you can just fill your brain and fill your your space with reading you know news sources and media and all of this all this junk to be honest with you when you know we are told that the the kingdom of God nothing is going to prevail against it yeah. that his church and his kingdom is not dependent on me and whether I say the right thing or whether I make the right decision and so there is a there is a sense that I can believe that things are much more dependent on me or much more dependent on us than I think that they really are. Yeah.
0: Okay, I definitely should have gone first because you pretty much have the same answer as me. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I mean, I would say for me kind of, yeah, that overarching thing that I can believe man over God is, is just that fear. I think uh, maybe like uh, you or some, one of the pastors sent an article of the New York Times and I was just like – Every single thing on this article involves fear. Yeah. I was like I just I can't handle it. And so when I you know I think about fear. I mean you talked about it, but fear of religious freedom, economy, health, and the mental illness that is has always been there but it just got even worse following um, everything we've been through this last year, and you look at the suicide rates and politics and everything, and so I, I think of those for me. Probably the economy is the one that I could spend the most time on. Of okay, you know, when we spend this much money or have this much debt, how's that going to affect my retirement or whatever it might be? And so I, I've literally had to limit my news outlets and social media and be very careful of what I let in that can be fear-oriented, and again allow God's truth to hold strong. And Matthew chapter six, I mean verses 25 through 34 is one of the key passages that i just go to often you know do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on and talks about how god you know loves the birds and the lilies and dresses them and all this stuff and ultimately we're to seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you so just trusting in, in God and His provision over the fear and everything that this world wants to tell us.
1: And I think I think this is probably a pretty relevant discussion for like you know just our people, mm. and so it, but the people who are gathering in community groups, but also the people who who aren't. Like they are living in this world with all of these messages, and yeah. they are having to process it and if we are processing it through the lens of scripture and what god is saying is true like there there's a chance and there's hope that you know uh, he who has overcome the world is is on our side yeah. but if we are just processing that fear and that stuff on our own yeah. or with yeah. with with other people who aren't going to god's word like mm-hmm. we can get in a pretty scary place yeah
0: Absolutely, we we were made for community. We're made for relationship, and not just being that echo chamber. You know, we we need to wrestle through these things yeah. and point people to God's word. Okay, final question, and you might need to give a little background on this because we haven't talked about uh, verse twenty one. Okay, oh that's true. So I'll ask the question, and you give some background, and then we can answer it. So the question is, what are the idols, or what are the things in your life that that you can give your best above? Jesus.
1: Um, so I, I stole a little bit from last week's passage or next week's passage, and the the way John ends the whole passage is just this abrupt little children.
0: Keep I mean, away. when Joe gives you this, you know, passage, <laughs> you can you can steal from him next <laughs> week.
1: Little children, keep your, keep away from idols. Keep yourself from idols. Like it, it's this abrupt <laughs> greeting at the end, or not greeting, and I'm we're just, done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and really, that is our that is our struggle. That um, we want to have things make sense to us. And so John has them testify about her. John has the, bl- the testimony of the blood and the spirit and the water. And this is what it says about who Jesus is. We don't get to make it look like ourselves. Well, as we're living this life, we, we just have this tendency to want things to make us happy, to want things to fit our image, to yeah. want things to to make us feel good. Yeah. And so what keeps us from pursuing Jesus with all that we are right now is that these things creep in and they, they gain our affection and they gain, they gain our vision or our sight. And so we got to keep ourselves away from them, like John said. And so, you know, uh, I think one that's pretty easy for families to understand is just that idol of family that, you know, our kids can become our life. Like, finding that person that we're going to marry, that could become our life. Like, that idea that I, I've got to have these things. Yeah. And I could spend my life. I, I mean, I have a great family. I, I have a I have a great wife. I have, I have three amazing children. Mm-hmm. And I could totally wrap up my full life in them. Yeah. However, if eternal life has been given to us by God and that life is found in his son, mm-hmm. then my life is not my kids. Yeah my life is the sun and that the best thing that I could give them is telling them about who the sun is. And so we have to constantly be looking at our life and say, what is clamoring for our affection? What is clamoring for our attention? Because we're going to be willing to give it to lesser things all the time.
0: No, that's really good. Um, Mine's a little different. Um, I, I would say my idol can be my, that, elusive ideal future so Mm -hmm. just whether it's like my wiring or just my life or past or whatever i tend to spend less time talking about and thinking about the past and even so that's the least amount of time then the next is going to be the present and then the most time i'll spend is thinking about the future and ideal future so i was thinking okay what is it that i'm like searching uh, you know on google or thinking about whatever and i was like it's not like one thing it's thinking about okay what what do i need to make sure i have retirement or things saved up for kids to be out of school or what are the list of vacations I like to do because we haven't been able to travel this last year or sure. what's that house we want to have. And so it can be this elusive ideal future that you that I can process and turn into an idol and at the cost of missing out of what God has taught me in the past and then what is happening right in the moment. And so I think that's just something I'm continuing just to wrestle through and work through of... Okay, what what is it that makes me want to focus so much on the future and seek that ideal future at the expense of what God is doing right here in the moment? So, I'm doing work to kind of process and work through that one, but that's kind of where that's kind of where I would say right now where I'm at.
1: So. You know, I, I read a book several years ago called "You Are What You Love," and it, it basically, you know, that thing that we put in front of us, that thing that we're striving after, like that that is going to define us. That is going to be the thing where we get the most life out of it. And when anything is in that place that is that is not the Lord, like it's gonna lead us down a dangerous, dangerous path. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. All right, Brent, could you pray for community group yeah, leaders? I'd love to. All right. Dearly Father, thank you for your word and
1: thank you that it never returns void. And Father, thank you for um kind of awkward passages that we have to lean in and really try to understand better of what was trying to be communicated father I pray that as groups discuss this passage that they wouldn't get hung up in all the things that we might not be all that precise on and we spend most of our time with what we know to be absolutely certain that you have given us eternal life and that life is in your son Jesus Father, I pray that we would trust in him and no other for our salvation, that we would trust in him alone for um, our, our future, for um, our hope, everything that we rely on. But Father, I pray that we would, we would do so in, in the here and now that we would rely on him to be the spiritual blessing that he is. Father, you have given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. Father, we are rich when we have Jesus. I pray that we might live with that in mind and seek to take anything that is competing out of our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Well. And closing some just final reminders, Uh, I'm wearing my ShareFest shirt. So if you haven't registered, make sure you register. It's past the deadline for the T-shirt, but you can still sign up to serve. And so make sure you do that. It's going to be next Saturday. So for those of you that have signed up or will sign up, make sure you show up as well. And it's going to be – the weather looks like it's supposed to be a beautiful day. And then stick around for the celebration afterwards. What's crazy is uh, so in the past we've had about – A third of the people that's of our number that signed up for Sharefest show up to the celebration. This year's like ninety percent. So so we have so of the number that have registered, the number is just ten percent less. Now I know people bring their kids and some of those things, but still. Anyway, it's it's exciting. So I don't know if it's evergy or food trucks or we haven't seen people in a year being outside. Whatever it is, I'm really excited to to be there and see many of you there as well. Okay, two other announcements. One is date night. So date night's coming up April 30th, and I don't know a ton of the details. Do you know some of the details, Brian? It
1: depends on what you're asking me. What are you? What what, do you uh, I think it's a Friday tell people. Night. Yeah, April 30th. It's um, Jeff and Shanti Feldon, and they were here. Um, they did a virtual event that yes. we did. Um, uh, it's sometime during the pandemic. My, my memory doesn't remember that, but um, she is she is a, a pretty well known author, and she wrote uh, for women only and for men only. and And her husband is just a dynamic researcher, and so they do these projects. and So um, they're actually wanting to do survey data with us. Yeah. And so not only is this like a date night, come have fun with your wife, but it's an opportunity to be a part of a research project, kind of learning what what each other wants. And so. I think it'll be fun and worth coming to.
0: Yeah, so go to the events page and you can find out more information there and encourage uh, those of you that are married to sign up and be a part of that. And the final thing is save the date for our next leader training. It's going to be in person. Uh, Bob Clifton is going to be one of our main presenters for that. It's going to be May 22nd from 9 to 11 a.m. All right, with that, thank you for joining us this week on the Deeper Podcast. Hopefully this has helped equip you and allowed you to be more confident as you lead your groups. We're praying for you as you continue to shepherd and lead your groups. Have a great week and God bless.